the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. And it's Joseph. And it's George. Welcome to Crispy Coated Robots episode 119. Wow. And yeah. It's a wow. lot of episodes. Yeah, there's about five or six of them that I really enjoy. Yes, there. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, but tonight's topic, uh, and, and we got kind of like a combo topic, best action movies of all time, okay? Yeah. And the top explosions in film. So, yeah. Thank you, Tom. Nice. All right. <laughs> Great setup. Uh, so you want, want to just... You want to just dive in and start with the action movie, then go to the explosions. I'm good for either. I, I love that there's a little bit of a crossover with this because yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of my action movies are going to have some excellent explosions. Well, that's the great thing about this. It's almost like you got ten action movie choices because if it didn't make my action list, it's because I put the explosion in. I prioritized. Yeah. Oh, don't forget, there's a lot of great explosions and comedies too. We'll get to that. So uh, let's move and, on. And romance, romance to num- films. Yeah, there you go. Number five uh, best action movie for you, Joseph. 1991, James Cameron, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is pretty much, you know, the uh, the sci-fi movie that, that really upped the ante in action uh, with helicopters and tons of explosions and Basically, the the liquid CGI thing going on there. This was heart pounding. It was great. It was it was what they would call popcorn fun. It was popcorn fun. You know, I just really like this movie a lot. I think that uh, the storyline it was set in the first one, and this being the sequel, they're like, you get you get the time travel, you get what's happening. Let's just have some action. So there you how, go. How about make the uh, the hero from the la- I mean the villain from the last movie the hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. A little, well, little bit want to live, that, <laughs> you know. Not only that, but uh, they made the hero from the last movie, Sarah Connor. They kind of turn her into a Terminator uh, for for the uh, half of the film because they go and they hunt Dyson. Uh, so, very yeah, cool. I mean, she she's like you know that opening scene where she's like doing the pull ups or whatever. You, you can tell it's like okay, different type of Sarah Connor because she's so innocent. Yeah. 
in the first one. So there you go. And James Cameron got to use the technology that really didn't work in the abyss because no one saw it in Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. Basically that, that same the, liquid thing. Yeah. Uh, All right, George, what is your number five action film? My number five is the film that killed off Pierce Brosnan's uh, James Bond. Okay. And reshaped every action film that, to come after that. It is the Jason Bourne, uh, Bourne ultimatum. Okay. So before Jason Bourne action movies, um, those, these type of action films were mostly just about impossibly large muscle men, you know, like a Schwarzenegger or a Sylvester Stallone doing implausibly, you know, these athletic killings and everything. Uh, and then just having these, these cheesy little one-liners, you know, and I like those, those, those are special. Uh, but, uh, with Jason Bourne, you get this real kind of gritty and it, it, you feel like when he takes a punch, you, you feel like, oh yeah, this guy, he's, he's going to feel that in the morning, you know, kind of things. But, um, you know, this was a kind of an action movie, which, uh, it looked more like uh, when they're killing off bad guys and the people that he's uh, that are after him. It, it feels more like a job than, like I said, some of the Stallone and uh, others where, you know, it's kind of played for laughs and, and stuff. And I would say that without the Jason Bourne, you wouldn't have the realism of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies that, that come into play uh, shortly thereafter. So, that is my number five. So, so Jason Bourne. I'm I'm gonna uh, let you know this is my number one. Oh, this nice. this is my number wow. one. Is that the uh, first one? The identity. No, is the first but one, Bourne right? Identity is the first one, and I did have that down. Yeah. Ultimatum the, is the best is the of third. the series. Yeah. This is the third one. Yeah, it is by far the best of the series. Ultimatum is the best of the series. Identity started it all out there, but uh, to your point, exactly. Sort of changed the game of what we thought of action heroes being and how action heroes uh, work. Uh, and it kind of made right. that old stuff look silly. Right. Where they, they couldn't do that type of thing for a little while successfully, even though it worked, you know, before this type of, of movie. Afterwards, it's like, yeah, that that is kind of silly. You know? And and Casino he just Royale, fell off a building and got up and walked away. You know, right, right. You know, Casino Royale is on my honorable mention list, and the reason why it's honorable mention is because of the born identity. Because I felt like, yeah, they sort of took a, a a play from the you know playbook there, a page from the playbook on how to do things and all that. But uh, sorry, you know, you like to play this game. Who was supposed to? Who who was? Uh, Director Doug uh, Lyman considering for to play Jason Bourne. John you know? Denver. John Denver. It, it was weird. Uh, Carrot Top. But he had Carrot his top. Vegas thing. It was because yeah. he had the props. He had the props. Yeah. Yeah. He had the props. <laughs> it the was prop uh, identity. He considered yeah. he considered Russell Crowe and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. See, I don't I don't think. Uh, Couldn't have worked. Couldn't have worked. Be kind of a young kind of. uh, Yeah, I was supposed to interview Matt Damon when I had a short stint in Philadelphia for the the first movie, and the the guy from the radio station took the wrong turn, and we never made it. So (laughs) (laughs) opportunity missed. It was the born tragedy. The born changed your life. (laughs) Yeah, the born missed opportunity. The born mistake right there. (laughs) 
the born miss opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Because Matt Damon's like, boy, you're good. I'm gonna put you in my next movie. That would have happened if I would have just made it. That's my <laughs> sliding door story for you. Up. Could have should have would have been, been so real. <laughs> Such realism. All right. So my number five it might get booze from you guys, but it is the uh, the best movie by this guy. Received two Oscar nominations, got a sequel. It's considered his best film to date. I'm talking about 1992's Under Siege, starring Steven Seagal. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> U.S. Missouri, which was really, I actually went on the ship that it was. I think it was the Alabama. Comes under attack by two great villains, played by Tommy Lee Jones in yeah. super, super Tommy Lee Jones crazy mode. And Gary Busey, before the motorcycle accident, where he's still kind of the old kind of Gary Busey. Um, yeah, Tommy, it's worth watching just for Tommy Lee Jones. I will oh, say. yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. That, the, the plot is actually pretty good as far as military. Uh, there's, there's a different, different, different turns and twists in it. And of course, Seagal's great line is I'm just a cook. I'm just a, I'm just a cook, you know, he's put, <laughs> <laughs> he's put in there because the, the captain, you know, uh, you know, appreciates him being a, you know, former special agent and frog or whatever he was. But when this happens, it's, it, you know, you got to admit it's die hard on a boat, but it really is effective. The, the two villains are great. Uh, great explosion. Didn't make my list of the helicopter and, and the submarine at the end. But uh, super action. There's action, 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 fighting, fighting, fighting in it. And, and the story does advance the story. It's just not, uh, you know, just there for action. But so my number five, Steven Seagal mentioned on the Crispy Coated Robots with Under Siege. That's a first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> that's our first goal. <laughs> he's good in the movie too. He's actually likable. And then uh, Joseph will know this because we had the issue at our in, in college. Uh, the uh, Eric Alignac, who plays the stripper in the movie, was actually a trivia note. They open up a Playboy and they show that one of the people. This is who's coming to come strip for them on this party, and that was the actual issue she was in. There you go. <laughs> That took Joseph a and I had in our apartment because the movie was made. Took a weird time. pervy turn there. So. Well, just, <laughs> yeah. And okay, here's here's a, here's a better trivia. Uh, Harrison Ford was so impressed by this movie, he hired the uh, director Andrew Davis to direct The Fugitive. Oh, so there, there would you be go. no Fugitive without Steven Seagal's Under Siege. And there you go. All right. So moving on now to the best explosion in a movie. What's your number five, Joseph? <laughs> 1957, The Bridge on the River oh, Kwai. Oh, that is my number five. Oh, there you go. See? Uh, yeah, this is great. And I think the reason why is because, let's face it, there are bigger uh, explosions because it was filmed in 1957. There are more spectacular, uh, you know, explosions and high yeah, def there, and all that. There's an emotional component to this. There one. you go. That's why that, yeah. that, that's where we're going with this is that this is where the explosion really does have a key part in the whole plot. It really does because it says so much about the characters and all that. We've talked about the plot before where it is this uh, prison camp, Japanese prison camp and the British POWs. Uh, British POW. Uh, Obi-Wan the, Kenobi. That's yeah. right. Alec Guinness. Uh, Sir Alec Guinness uh, is sort of obsessed with trying to prove the Japanese wrong in the, the sense that they are inferior soldiers or workers to the Japanese. So he goes on this quest to build this bridge and he becomes obsessed with it, not realizing or not realizing until the end that he's actually building a bridge for the enemies that they're going to use to attack 
more right. allies. So right. he has to blow it up. He has to blow up his 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 baby, his pet project on that. So uh, it's such a great film. Uh, so Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah, I, I watched this with my my father. I'm so glad. I didn't even know if, if y'all would remember this one. But uh, I watched this with my dad on, on television. And that scene where, and spoiler, sorry, you know, this has been out so long. <laughs> right. so if you don't know it, that's your fault. Uh, but that scene where, uh, you know, at the end, you know, the detonator wire is discovered. And it kind of leads to this series of scuffles and, and everything. And, uh, and they, they fall on, I don't, I don't know what the technical term is, but they, they fall on that trigger mechanism that, uh, you know, does the bridge blows it up and, uh, you know, saves all the British lives. So, so good. So good. I'm, I'm excited. That's my number five as well, Joseph. Woo-hoo! Just like your number fives, my number five is super important, integral to the part, uh, to the plot of the film. It is from 1980. I'm talking about Caddyshack, the explosion <laughs> when Bill Spurrier's Carl Spackler finally blows up the golf course in the middle of the big betting match between Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, you no respect at all. And Ted Knight, you, you. <laughs> Uh, when 10 nights, uh, when Roddy's putt, uh, okay. Give us Bill Murray. You can't give us the (laughs) trifecta here. Give us Bill, Bill Murray. Yeah. Greasy grabby go forgets. Uh, but Bill Murray, (laughs) he, um, the, the putt, but made by, uh, Michael Keefe's character, Danny Noonan is just on the tip of the rim. If he makes it, uh, Roddy Dangerfield and them win. And if he misses it, Ted Knight, and then when, well, he just is still sitting on the tip of the rim and then the explosion happens and the ball falls in and Ted Knight has to, you know, pay up Rodney Dangerfield, even though he runs away on the golf course. So Ryan Doyle Murray is just staring at the ball. Yeah. He's not letting the explosions Classic, distract him. That's right. That's everything. So uh, the explosion in Caddyshack is my number five. So nice. nice. We're moving on now to number four, best action film. What do you got there, Joseph? Uh, we've talked about this film a couple of times before. It's it's just such a great film. Sort of the in the same tone as uh, the Born Identity, John Wick uh, oh. really sort of changed how action was made. This is like how few words can you get away with uh, and just make it all action? You know, we've talked about how uh, it influenced other movies like Nobody that's sort of gone through with it. But, uh, you know... This is the thing, you know, Keanu Reeves has really gotten a lot of grief because everyone's like, he can't really act or whatever, you know, he's, oh, this is, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and he's done, but you got to give your hats off to this guy. He makes great action movies and John Wick is just one of those that uh, the, it, it it's, it's a graphic novel, right, George? It's, yeah. it's John Wick. Uh, it's a graphic novel. So it's sort of a fantasy world of assassins that they sort of live by this code of policies and all that. And basically, I'm giving away the plot. I don't care. Uh, they blow the guy, up the bridge. They, 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 the, uh, <laughs> the ball they, goes in the hole. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they literally, they literally kill his dog and he just goes on this killing spree of this Russian mafia. No, he's the Russian mafia. You now, know, I've got this, uh, as my number two, John wick chapter two. 
So I don't know how we want to do this. Are we counting? Well, I, no, I think we should count it because sort of like with the born, I had born identity, but I, I agree with you. Born ultimatum's a better one. The, so the, if you want to put John Wick too, I'm fine with that. And, I and mean, the reason for that is that sequel was kind of the make or break moment for the series because uh, it it kind of and I I went into it thinking, okay, you know the the plot is pretty thin on these things. It's a lot right. of fun. It's oh, a yeah. popcorn movie. Okay? That's right. It's a movie to see in the, the theater, you know, you killed him with a pencil, you know, uh, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's fun. And I was like, okay, can they do this again? But in the second one, you get to see more of the underground assassin, uh, you know, all of that world that they kind of hint at in, in the first one. Uh, and this made it where, yeah, okay, this is a bonafide franchise. We can make more of these. And they've got John Wick 3 and, and 4. But, uh, you know, when you look at this movie on paper, it should have never worked. Right, uh, but right. It, it really it does relaunch uh, Keanu Reeves' career for like the third or fourth time. Every time he, you know. Exactly. He, it's like, oh, he's done. And then he, he'll come out and, and have a role like this. But uh, very high, highly choreographed action. Uh, but it just kind of brings the genre back to the basics, you know. And uh, absolutely, the the third one is kind of like just watching a video game, you know. Mm -hmm. Here, here I am, and I, you know, in the antique gun store. Let me assemble the gun. You know, I think my favorite move that he ever did is he slaps a horse, and this one is in the third one. He slaps a horse. And the horse kicks a guy walking up or chasing him in a stable. He just lays him to the ground. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. My my personal favorite is how, like, you know, obviously you got some tact, tactile training, I guess. Tact, yeah. Is that right? Tactile training by experts and all that. Because he's always doing headshots. If you ever yeah. notice, like, when he shoots a person, he he... That's the double tap. He shoots him and then shoots him in the head, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's stuff. the way, that's the way Jim does it. Uh, yeah, to me, all now. this John Wick stuff, it, it's the um, Jackie Chan, the American yep. Jackie Chan, you know, here he is. He's got to kill 10,000 people, you know, and he does it, you know, and does it entertainingly is the, it's the key. So good. Wow. All right. So, so, mine, so far, we are totally in sync. Uh, so that was right, your number Mr. four, Johnson. too, George? That's my number two, actually. Oh, so what my, is your number four? My number four, uh, I'm going to go all the way back uh, to uh, Kill Bill, and it's Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. And the reason I'm doing that is originally it was conceived as, as one single film. Okay. Uh, this was made in 2003, so, you know, decades ago if it were made today you would see it on netflix as like a 10-part series or something like that because altogether it's it's more than four hours but story real simple uma thurman plays the bride or the black uh, mamba uh she's an assassin talking about assassins and she's seeking revenge against the uh viper assassination squad uh, which she was a member until she got betrayed by uh, Kung Fu master uh, David Carradine. But uh, it's just, again, it's just fun to watch. It, it's like this ballet of 
of violence. Uh, and it's just the choreography. It just looks like this, this dance. Uh, but, um, it's, it's pretty gory, a uh, little warning there, but, uh, excellent action. And again, the plot is just in the name of the title. She is trying to get to the guy that left her for dead. Um, you know, and, and then and we find out took her baby, you know, comes from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of a crossover in Pulp Fiction. Uma Thurman's character talks about this, uh, this series, uh, that had all these female assassins. And so, yeah, there's, there's a nice little Easter egg tie over there. Like five force five or something. Some, yeah. 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 This, uh, this one is deadly Viper assassin squad. So, yeah. you know, there you I don't go. know if five force five was based off of this or, or what. And the fact that this comes out so many years after Pulp Fiction, uh, it's kind of like, Oh wow. He had the idea way back then. You know? Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. My number four is an influential movie from 1982 in the man versus nature, man versus everybody uh, thing. And it was when it was released, they just, you know, kind of threw it off. But now everybody's highlighting the roles of Sylvester Sloan, Brian Dennehy, and Richard Crenna in First Blood, the first Rambo movie that Rambo is not in the title. <laughs> and the sequels, I mean, they're what they are. But this movie really kind of had a lot of heart. And, and you the whole survival game and him picking off uh, these cops that are, you know, trying to get him out of town because he just wanted someplace to eat. <laughs> and you have Brian Dennehy as the sheriff yeah. uh, antagonizing great roles, but um, Stallone in a, in a different role here is, is Rambo, uh, the Vietnam veteran. Uh, but so much action in this, especially when he's finally runs away and gets in the forest and you kind of like see these traps he sets up for these, these cops that are chasing him. And, you know, when Richard Crenna finally arrives, it's like, hey, pull your men out. You are no match against this guy. Yeah, (laughs) very cool. Very cool. But uh, it's kind of crazy. You talk about this all the time, George, the what if casting. Uh, They wanted either Robert De Niro or Clint Eastwood to play Rambo at one point. And they wanted, um, I guess, Betty Davis to play a psychologist in this movie. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Couldn't you imagine that? I could see De Niro... Uh, being the very sullen character of, of John Rambo here. Um, John, show me where which mountain is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I used to. I can't. I can't. <laughs> we're, all doing, we're doing Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> we're doing, <laughs> That's true. Why are you so angry? <laughs> Why are you having PSD? Was <laughs> 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 the nature all a dream? <laughs> we're all the Catherine Hepburn is. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't think, you know, you don't see, they talked about like Burke Lancaster or Lee Marvin as the sheriff. I think oh, Denny, Lee just Marvin had, would have been good. Lee Marvin I, but I loved it. But I love the realistic. Probably my favorite Dennehy role. uh, Yeah, even over so realistic. You can you've seen sheriffs like this. You know, in this movie, he kind of remind me of Joseph's brother Ed a little bit. Kind of just kind of this kind of big, you know, big kind of guy that kind of because your brother was a prison guard at one time, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I I didn't know that. Yeah. He yes. worked for Huntsville Department too, so Sheriff's Department. So he yeah, was. so uh, but I think they they cast it right. You know, Stallone, of course, could have been typecast because the whole Rocky thing, you know. But he plays it very. I don't know if he, does he say like five words in the movie. Well, that's <laughs> the whole thing. I think this is the the predecessor to to uh, uh, John Wick because I think he really does say about five lines in the entire movie, and that's it. 
It's oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and in First Blood, all you have is that outburst at the end. It was our fault. I didn't want to go to war. You know, the whole thing where you're just, <laughs> <laughs> Adrian. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. First Blood is my entry. Nice. That's a good nice. one. I forgot about that. That that's, that's really good. All right. So number four, Explosion. Joseph, what you got? I'm getting too old for this beep, because I'm going with Lethal Weapon 3. That's right. When they blew up an entire building, uh, <laughs> it was an old uh, city hall in Orlando. Uh, so basically what happened is the, uh, the, uh, the town, like I said, they were looking for it. So basically, Joe Silver was looking to blow up a building. He's the director of the third lethal weapon, and they paid him $50,000, and they turned it into rubble. So what you see is an actual building. That's not oh, that's CGI. Cool. That's that's an actual building being blown up. So there you go. I've, I've got one of those uh, coming up. Uh, my, my number one is is actual an actual thing. So... Uh, but my number four, you're going to love this. We're going to go back to T2, Terminator Real quick, 2. I'm sorry to interrupt and, and correct, but Richard Donner was the director of, uh, of Lethal Weapon 3. Joel Silver oh. was the producer. So I just oh, want to oh, get oh. letters at crispycutterrobots.com. I, I could apologize about it later. Okay. You know, when, <laughs> Wait, are, are you just making things to apologize for? Is that <laughs> so you have material that's that was, right that's right <laughs> we need right. more email folks continue george sorry to interrupt we uh, go back to the program well, I'm, I'm going to uh terminator 2 judgment day there's an explosion in there it's a fantasy explosion so i i have a, a fantasy one here um and again like we talked about one of the greatest sequels ever made check out episode 32 about sequels but um the explosion scene from this is when Sarah Connor is having a nightmare where a nuclear bomb goes off, killing everyone, uh, including herself. She's at a chain link fence watching kids play on the playground and then, and it just goes through and burns the flesh off of her body and everything. Uh, but that nuclear bomb explosion, my number four. All right. Nice. Nice. My number four comes from the uh, Ben Stiller directed Tropic Thunder, which is a parody of, <laughs> of, of all the uh, war movies. Uh, as they're making the war movie, there's an over-enthusiastic uh, explosions uh, expert played by Danny McBride <laughs> named Cody in the movie. And he's, <laughs> he is given the wrong, <laughs> the wrong cue to have the airstrike, which blows up the entire jungle. And as we're seeing this massive explosion, he has the great line, Mother Nature just pissed her pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we find out later that the, the, uh, the director, uh, that kind of gets the director fired, the whole uh, blowing up of everything that wasted a whole bunch of money. So Wait, I, I thought, because uh, doesn't he blow up the director? Or no, that's that, that's that's a step. He's the director steps on a landmine. Later. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I just remember them carrying around the head. <laughs> yeah, of the director saying, it's fake. You know, he's yeah, playing with fake it. it is. Yeah, <laughs> but there it is. The uh, the massive explosion in uh, for com comedic purposes, the uh, airstrike explosion from uh, Tropic Thunder is my number four. All, All right, right. So let's move on to number three best action movie, and we'll take a little break after that. What you got, Joseph? Okay, so this comes from 2011. Uh, in this movie, I did not know anything about 
someone just recommended, they said, Hey, you like action movies? I'm like, sure. You know, thinking it's going to be the same. The Raid Redemption in 2011. Uh, have either of you seen this movie? No, it sounds like a video so. game. It is, <laughs> it is sort of like a video game. In all honesty, basically the plot of this is that you have sort of this SWAT type team. This is, you know, uh, where they have to infiltrate this apartment building uh, complex that is littered with nothing but like gangs in it. And they have to make their way through the building. And it oh, is wow. one of these movies that the action is so intense that you don't like literally like right when they enter the building, which is in the first five minutes of the movie, right when they enter the building, it is just action upon action upon action. And you don't get to breathe at all during the whole thing until the finally end of it. It's an excellent movie. If you ever want to watch it, it has everything in there. Every, every type of fight you could possibly think of as far as fighting style with guns, with uh, knives, with just, you know, uh, martial arts, with everything you have explosions. And it is one of those things that you forget what the plot actually is. Uh, the <laughs> plot really does not matter because there's just so much action in this. So the raid redemption from 2011. All right. Very nice. nice. We'll check it George, out. What is yours? Uh, my number three action movie. Yes. We talk about it all the time. We're going to talk about it now. Die hard. Oh, it's my number one. Well, I knew you guys that, were going to do it. I didn't put it in there because I knew you guys were going to put it in there. How, how could that not be gym. anybody's number one? <laughs> uh, I, I'm doing a Jim Kovacic here. Predictable. Like that, that should, I thought all, all three of us would have that as number one. That's no, one I, that, I've that got it as number three. Okay. Yeah, so go ahead. Well, go go ahead. No, I'm just <laughs> talk, is, talk about John. Joseph McClane. will tell you because I had the um, the enthusiasm I had today is when I first saw it too. He'd tell you because we were, we were rooming to college together and I was like, Die hard, die hard, die hard. This is the, one of the best movies of all time. Right, Joseph? Oh, it's, it's it great. was it was it was over the top. It was over the top. <laughs> no, it was good. It was it, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I'm not saying that's great, so. great villain. Uh, and that was the world the world was introduced to Alan Rickman. Mr. Takagi. I'm gonna count to three. <laughs> and I love the little bait and switch that they do, that they appear to be uh, terrorists with demands. Yeah, and that's just to buy time. You know, spoiler uh, to buy time uh, for them to get into the the safe. Uh, you know, within the complex. Great parody and, of the uh, news there too, because they bring on these all these terrorism experts on the news. Is there? You know, I think the, yeah. the books had the crazy terrorism you terrorism me or whatever whatever the whatever the books were titled on. They were just so <laughs> mocking of the news when stuff like this happens. But I also love the fact that they had the. Uh, the, the gumption to put the villain and the hero in a scene in mid movie without yeah. them knowing you know, the, and the great acting by Alan Rickman who puts on this kind of fake American voice, you know, Oh yeah. my God, they're going to get me. what you gives it away them. though, Jim, what gives it away? Do you remember? Uh, I think he looks up at the, well, no, cause, cause he, he gets it's the name. The, it's the cigarettes. Yeah. Okay. Cause he looks yeah. up at the name to see if there's like a bill snow or something, whatever name he gives him, And that's, he, he's covered there. Yeah. But the cigarettes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, every the, great- it's the European cigarettes. Okay. But, but come on, that, that, that scene you're talking about wasn't the original one, the original where you have the sort of the hero and the villain, you know, in mid movie was smoking the bandit. 
I have yeah. a Diablo in, in sandwich and okay. Dr. Pepper to go. Yeah. In the bathroom. <laughs> I'm in a GD hurry. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, everything. That's why Die Hard people still talk about it. This is to this day. They wear the Nakatomi Christmas party t-shirts from 88. And, and it's, everybody loves it as a Christmas movie because it takes place around Christmas. So this movie will never go away. It'll be Bruce Willis's movie that he's always remembered for. That's the first the, sentence. You know, this, this movie it survived its sequels. You know, there's some movies that the sequels come out and it, it weakens the first movie. Uh, But this, this still works. I thought, you know, I thought part two had super action in it. I mean, it was bam, 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 bam. And even three with a vengeance had some interesting elements to it. But after that, I mean, I did like the thing. Okay. The one after that with the computers being taken, it was kind of had a realistic kind of spin on what can happen. If people take it started away into the jaws thing though, of like oh, yeah. how many times can this happen? Well, Where, yeah. I mean know, the good day like, to die hard. And then whatever, something after that too, I didn't watch flying but, a car into a helicopter, you know, <laughs> Hey, you got to do like, it sometimes. Uh, but the first movie realistic. And yeah. we, have, we have the bloody, bloody hero who is not yeah. <laughs> glamorous by the end of this thing. So, uh, and a good explosion. I don't want to take anybody's. Yeah. Explosion don't, here, yeah but, shut up. Shut up, George. Yep. All right. So okay. we'll move on right. now to <laughs> my number three. You guys ready? Pop quiz. Hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 so miles an hour, good. the bomb is on. Oh, Drops below nice. 50. It blows up. What do you do? What do you do? It's on my honorable mention. Says Howard Payne, played by the great Dennis Hopper. Uh, yes. And Keanu Reeves in Speed, along with Sandra Bullock. You know, it basically it is Die Hard. That's why Die Hard is number one, because everything is compared to Die Hard. Under Siege is Die Hard on a boat. Uh, this is Die Hard on a bus. So, uh, But it's very effective has jeff daniels in it to kind of add a little i mean the actors in yeah. the speed they have joe morton in it i mean they're, they're yeah. all great actors in this movie which i saw recently um the tension you know they always have that shot of the bus right at right at 52 about to go under you know because there's traffic or something and uh we have the uh the love story between sandra bullock and uh and keanu reeves kind of that develops as the this tragedy is happening around it. but this is the movie. Obviously, Speed 2 is something completely different and horrible, but the original Speed for all the action, and it has a great explosion, too, that did not make my list. I don't want to spoil anybody's list, but a bus goes into a plane <laughs> yeah, and uh, has a big explosion. And lots of twists and turns. Uh, Jeff Daniels is great in it. Keanu Reeves is great in it. So my number three is Speed. Yeah, this is very good. This is a good one. And the villain, of course, Hopper is really good at it too. Kind oh, of doing his, kind of doing his American uh, Rickman, but till you know, amplified with some crack. <laughs> you know that whole. <laughs> yeah. So all right, so let's uh, take a little break, and we'll come back with our number three explosions. What is our? Let's see, what we got today in the intermission. It is a subway. Nice. Oh, speaking of speed, you know, the final scene. Yeah, in the subway. You're right. On a subway. All right. There you go. All right.
this is hey, the express line. It doesn't stop. Hey, Joseph, wake up. This, this is your stop here. <laughs> Where's Walter Matthau? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so there you go. There's the subway train for you, or subway. Uh, let's move on now to number three, Explosion. What you got there, Joseph? Uh, 2008, The Dark Knight. Uh, oh. I, I put this on here because of how it subverts all other types of uh, of explosions in films. It sort of it sort of makes fun of it uh, in the sense that the explosions are messy. There, they it's not just sort of like this walk away. You know, you always have those walk away scenes where they're you know the explosion happens and they just sort of walk away from it. All that Heath Ledger, you know, who won an Academy Award for you know his portrayal of Joker on this is wonderful. You know, it's absurd because, you know, this is the scene where he is walking around in a nurse nurse's outfit uh, and he actually has trouble with his remote control uh, that's going to detonate it. His detonator doesn't work. He shakes the batteries and explodes and it sort of jolts him a little bit, you know, so he's surprised by himself. So uh, there you go. The Dark Knight. This is my number three as well. That's, that's the greatest comedic timing in an explosion. Uh, yes. And it's, it's not a big, big explosion, but yeah, um, it, in a weird way, even though we're talking about blowing up a, a hospital, there's some levity to it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and nobody's in the hospital, gratefully it's, it's all been cleared out, but, um, yeah, it's great, uh, physical comedic acting, uh, by Heath Ledger unexpectedly in, in this moment, you know, so. Uh, yeah, my number three as well. Wow. All right. Uh, my number three comes from 1996, but it's used in other films. I'm talking about Independence Day, the blowing up of the White House. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> it's so which, funny. <laughs> which, of course, is uh, one of the best explosions. And is the, uh, of course, in a true action movie fashion. It, may, it makes the movie poster. The, yeah, that's the helicopter. That's right. Is. The helicopter and, and planes just get away just in the nick of time before the White House explodes. And, of course, used very effectively in uh, the first Austin Powers because uh, of the threat. Everybody's in the, uh, you know, the room and uh, he, he shows them the footage of the being blown up and they all duck behind the desk. That's just a scene from the movie Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but you know, for a model and everything, I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, depiction of what, you know, what it would actually look like. You know, one wants to see that, but I think they did it effectively. And it uh, was one of those, um, yeah, I guess shocking moments in the movie. You don't want to see your national things being blown up, but, uh, it is definitely one of the scenes that like George said, made the poster and is always associated with the movie and the trailer and everything. So blowing up the white house in independence day. Nice, nice. All right, so number two for you, action movie, Joseph. What you got? Well, uh, you know, let's face it. Uh, this is the Keanu Reeves episode uh, because uh, this is the third time he's mentioned in this episode. Uh, my number two is The Matrix. Oh uh, yeah, uh, 1999. You know, uh, I'm telling you the uh, the lobby scene. Uh, that it just revolutionized how action was going to be filmed. Uh, I think it just made it, it made it artful. It made action artful. It wasn't just the movements of the, the actors, 
uh, and the chore uh, choreography of it. It was the way it was filmed. The Wachowski brothers did a brilliant job of making it uh, action romantic, you know, in the sense of like it was over the top. It was graceful. It was almost like a, a, a ballet dance, if you yeah. will. And uh, just the way the weaponry worked with it, it wasn't just explosions and all that. I mean, from the close-up of the shells in slow motion, spewing out of, you know, the uh, assault rifles and things of that nature, it's pretty amazing stuff. So there you go, The Matrix. Yeah, that's a good one. All that's right, good George, one. what is your number two? Mine is John Wick. We already covered that. All right. My number two, so. part man, part machine. All cop. I'm talking about RoboCop, the original one from 1987. Paul Verhoeven uh, is amazing uh, action film, hyper violent film. But the amazing thing about this movie is you have a murdered cop who gets to come back, have some of his memories, be a, a ultra killing machine, and get revenge on the people who actually killed him when he was uh, alive. So I'll buy uh, that for a dollar. Yeah. And then they have that. You have a lot of great parodies on what society has become, including that kind of parody on TV uh, with the, I buy that for a dollar. But um, like I said, it is a violent movie. There's a lot. I think I showed it with, or try to watch it with my teenage. And they're like that first scene when he gets killed and they're just oh. rattling those guns on him, you know, just literally shoots his arm off. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. That's and the whole gang is led by the dad on that 70s show, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but well done. Ronnie Cox uh, started his first run in playing villains in Paul Verhoeven movies as he would be the villain in uh, Total Recall a couple years yeah. later. Yeah, oh, that's right. true. That's true. So, um, but uh, I mean, like I said, great action, great future, great sci-fi. And I think to make a great action movie, you need action happening all the time but it has to move the plot forward and you have a lot of that with uh you know robocop's first time out in the streets and being very awkward to actually getting his you know his robo legs as they say and and doing his job but uh that's my number two robocop from 1987 uh we are now on to the number two explosion what you got there joseph Already mentioned in this episode but i'm using it for explosion speed 1994 oh unbelievable look at there that's why my, my number two. Oh well how come you guys didn't say that when i mentioned the bust explosion during my speed ride well because we're, we're waiting. waiting for explosions <laughs> we're waiting for explosions for your, waiting for your turn so that, George, was very, that was very disciplined to you guys that's, that's, that's impressive George, George we have say, agreed oh, wait a minute that's my number two <laughs> this is the most that joseph and i've ever it, like number five number three yeah. and now number two crazy uh yeah, yeah so did you uh, cheat off on my paper yeah, time, did you look, time to break you, up the show. Were you <laughs> copying? Were you copying my notes? Well, I, I think what this is is uh, there doesn't need to be two of us. You know, <laughs> it's time. It's time for you to go back home, Nebula. Oh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See you guys. Wait, wait. What am I saying? You're helping get my stuff on the in the pod. <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, yeah. So you know, how can you live up to a movie that has so much action? Because it does, Jim. Uh, like I said, it was. It's a great choice for action film. I just felt like the explosion was so great and over the top because how do you, how do you end it? You blow up, <laughs> you blow up a bomb, uh, the bus that's careening into a jet airplane. How can you, how can you not go for that? You know, it's so wonderful. George, if you want to say more about it. Well, you know. th this one made my list because I love the psychology here. So for the first hour, or however long, 
you're you don't want the bus to blow up. You don't want it. And this bus, when they they figure out how to change up the the footage, uh, the camera footage, so they can safely get the the passengers off of the bus, and then they take it to an area at the airport where it can just run the track, run and go and go and go. Uh, so when this blows up, there's a weird sense of relief because it's okay for it to blow up now. And it signifies that Dennis Hopper loses, you know, his, his thing. And, and honestly, you think the movie's over, but we've got a whole nother act that, that follows. But, um, yeah, this, that's why it made my list is it's just entertaining to, to watch this thing when it does blow up, you, you kind of. I saw it in the theater and people kind of cheered. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. did it. We made it in time, you know? So, yeah. I mean, this, this follows the bus doing this impossible jump on this unfinished bridge. Yeah. You I'm, know? Not so it's like, of, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, you know, because only because fi- once it physics. landed, wouldn't the bomb blow up? Uh, you would think, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's a movie. You, you can't look too closely at this stuff. All right. Well, uh, my number two explosion saw the sad end of Brent Mikas and Rufus after they went with Derek to go get orange mocha frappuccinos. <laughs> I'm talking about Zoolander from uh, 2001 <laughs> when uh, they go to uh, cheer themselves up by going to get these orange mocha frappuccinos and end up getting gas. And of course the other three models end up having a gas fight. <laughs> Because they're listening to Wham's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go and having a good time. Of course, one of the models lights a cigarette and an explosion ensues uh, that leads to a you googly by Derek Zoolander the next day. Uh, (laughs) So um, at the end of the movie, there's a nice throwback to this moment when Derek opens up his school and he has a uh, fountain of the... Uh, gas yes. <laughs> gas station fight <laughs> yeah. of all the models. A so. statue of, that, <laughs> but instead of gas, it's water. But it's a in memory of the guys. Yeah, the best ending explosion too is you see one of the orange mocha frappuccinos actually hit the screen and the screen fades to black. So there it is from Zoolander. My orange mocha frappuccino gasoline fight explosion. As awesome. <laughs> number one action movie for you, Joseph is my number two is uh going to be yeah dowry no no we're we're on number one action right now dowry did it what is it uh born identity okay Uh, one two three four yeah i did it oh wait ah how did what oh i had like eight choices here Oh, <laughs> Nebula myself. are confused. We'll come back to Nebula in a second. I, I love uh, it. I love it when people say that we rehearsed this show. <laughs> I, I love it. That last oh, 30 man. seconds, that last 30 seconds was proof right there. Wait, uh, what? Huh? Hmm. <laughs> wait, uh, wait. Mm. One, two. Well, three, I have some honorable no? mentions uh, now. So <laughs> well, no, wait, wait. George, George, George has to do his number one first. Okay. Okay. Jeez. What's your number one? Yeah. So my number one the greatest live action high speed post apocalyptic chase film mad Blade max Runner. mad Blade max Back. fury road so okay. george miller you know he made the original mad max movies and kind of thunderdome 
wasn't received as well. Okay. So it kind of put it into it, but he started doing these animation films and in the animation, George Miller was kind of liberated from the practical constraints, you know, that he faced with his movies uh, because in animation, you can put the camera in quotes, you can put it exactly where you want it to whatever angle. And uh, so he got really good at that. And then, Somehow he got the studio to pick up a $150 million tab. He now he's 75 when he does this uh, and goes out into the desert and does the same thing. In each of these scenes, they would have like 40 uh, setups per scene. And, uh, and it just looks great. The action, some the action scenes them, themselves are, are very dense and just super lightning fast, but it, it's also a lot of fun because you remember he has like that guy on the, on the front uh, with a flame shooting guitar, you know? Uh, so he, he knows that, yeah, this is still, it's still me still silly, still doing stuff like that. But uh, the more you watch it, there's kind of, you, you start to get there, there's some soul to it. Uh, and it gets more profound the more you watch it. But uh that is is my number one action, uh, and it does have a lot of explosions. But uh, that is my my number one there. Okay, Just, uh, it, nice. It still holds up. Very simple. A lot of these things, they don't like the John Wick or the Kill Bill. All, all of mine, they're just simple little stories. You know, they have an objective, and there's just a lot of action to to meet that objective, whatever it is. All right, so let's move on to number one, Explosion. Joseph, what is yours? Number one, Explosion. <laughs> I like the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, nice. Apocalypse Now, 1979, uh, when they just blow the hell out of the whole jungle uh, with it. This is this is something that, that you know, uh, Saturday Night Live made fun of because it was just so over the top, you know, uh, when they couldn't get uh, Coppola out of the jungle, what was that? What was that called? What What was this parody called? It was. Uh, anyways, uh, it was. This This is a. This is just such no, a. So you, you have to defend your own. Uh, I'm sorry. Self. I, I'm sorry. I'm laughing at George's spelling of apocalypse. <laughs> That's a travesty against humans, right there. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, no, Apocalypse Now is great. It's a great movie and all that. But visually, I think Coppola really handled this explosion really well. Again, it was like an art scene, you know, wherever you watched it. It was yeah, uh, uh, with the Valkyries. What the, was the scene? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. Apocalypse Now. George. I'm working on it. You're struggling to, to spell Apocalypse. Tell us your number one explosion. <laughs> Now, let me do this. A P O C A L Y. I'm under. My number one explosion okay, you is go ahead. the best explosion in film, which, of course, is the blowing up the roof in uh, Die Hard. You have so many different elements to this explosion. You have, of course, the iconic uh, jump off the building with Bruce Willis tied to the fire hose. And you have the helicopter with the FBI agents get blown up in there, too. <laughs> uh, so many things happen on the roof of the N Nakatomi uh, Plaza. So, uh, And then uh, when Bruce finally lands, trying to get in back into the building, and you have that iconic scene there. But the explosion 
uh, one of the best explosions. I, it is my favorite one, and it's on my number one because the roof explosion in Die Hard is the best explosion ever put in film. Go ahead, uh, George. Okay, I would like to agree that is a great one, but it is not the best one. And I would like to point out, um, I've I've been relatively um, sci-fi free. I've got a couple of sci-fi things in here, but this is the big one. Best explosion ever, oh, and I, I and I told you I know where you're going that, with this. I, and I told you with this that this was an actual explosion, like Joseph's building um, back in. Uh, you said lethal, lethal weapon weapon. three, yeah, yeah, yeah directed legal, by yeah, Joel yeah, Silver. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, this would be the Death Star. Okay. I knew that was coming. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. So, from the first five minutes of the original Star Wars movie where we see Princess Leia feed those little plans into uh, from the space station into RTD2's head or whatever that is. Uh, the movie's common thread is how to stop this weapon. Okay. We see it blow up all Durand. We see it, you know, approaching the rebel base and all this. The whole movie is about how do we stop this thing? And uh, Luke Skywalker, spoiler, uh, he does it. He blows it up and uh, with a little assist from Han Solo, who we thought was gone, comes back at the last minute. Uh, and it is just a glorious explosion. But Darth Vader knows there's the flaw because he does that special line. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. <laughs> you know, in there. Mm. So he knows that there's the flaw. So they know they could possibly get blown up. Right. Well, why would they no. build it? Why would they well, build it that way? You saw in Rogue One. I know this is after the fact in the movie, though. But yeah, they, they the designer it. of he put a he put in there because in case they used it for evil or whatever, he put that whole a back door, a back yeah. door. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that is a great explosion. I remember as a kid just seeing the yeah. way they did the lights and the way it kind of just blasted out of the screen the whole thing. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this because the, in in nerdum. Uh, talk. They're always debating whether or not the explosion would actually happen in space that way. No, you know, no, no, but it you have to cool. have oxygen, but it is yeah. very cool. But this, you know, this isn't science, <laughs> actually. Uh, no, no, actually. <laughs> Star Wars science doesn't hold up at all, not even for a second. Um, it should I not mean, snow on Huth. <laughs> but Why? you have to you have to turn your brain off and just go with you know it's fantasy it's fantasy uh, uh, science fiction turn your brain off it is fantasy oh. <laughs> <laughs> good lord <laughs> yikes <laughs> george Oh, any honorable mentions for explosion? Uh, I do have a, a few. Uh, I have, oh, for explosions? No, sorry. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no explosions. Paying attention there, Mr. Apocalypse. Hey, I got it spelled right now. You did. Thank, thank you, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got? have a couple. I have okay, a couple. Go ahead, Joseph. Uh, these are things that I thought I had on my list, but obviously <laughs> I did too many. Yeah, those, uh, are, those aren't honorable mentions. Those are five, yeah, six, these are 12. like, oops. Yeah. Uh, oops, we made too many selections. <laughs> we made, I, I might not can spell, but I can count. Oops, you know? we made too many yeah, selections. Yeah. Half price off. Uh, so 1981 Raiders of the Lost Ark. I just think it's a great action movie. 
Uh, but later, we doing we're doing explosion. So we had no explosion honorable mention. So we can do. Yeah, we'll he said none. So. We'll go to action movies. So yeah, okay. Joseph, go ahead. Okay, Raiders of Lost Ark, uh, 1986, Aliens. Uh, that was sort of a, a heart pounder for I did me. Like that first Raiders that had like super action, and I forgot about. Yeah, that. you know, and then uh, 1993, Jurassic Park. Uh, that had tons of action in it. So. Those were my honorable mentions. George, what are your honorable mentions? So I've got Heat talking about De Niro uh, with Al Pacino. Some reason I can never get into Heat. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, I, I watched that, it. That's and, the sound clip. I could never yeah. get into Heat. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it just seemed uh, like it was long for no reason. But anyway, that's me. I'll I'll shut up. Go ahead, George. Just uh, there's okay. Uh, Baby Driver uh, that was good. from. That's good. 2017. Um, I've got, uh, oh, I do have an honorable mention uh, explosion. When the Enterprise blows up, the Starship Enterprise, that's a very heartbreaking one. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I, I, sorry, I have it embedded in here. Uh, then finally, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout uh, from 2018. Uh, just, uh, you know, you think how many of these can they make, but the, it just keeps consistently being good. And uh, that's, that's one of the better ones. Okay. They stopped numbering them because they, they thought it, it was pure old. That's why they came up with the fallout and all those. Yeah. Names. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's my honorable mention for. All right. I got total recall. Nice. Uh, well, <laughs> the original, uh, right? Ar- the original. Ar- yeah, yeah. Arnold goes to Mars. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, total recall. Uh, also have the rock so I can do my Sean Connery impression. Welcome to the rock. So, and <laughs> there's going to be a new rule. If you just put it in so you can do it, cause you, that you're going to be face off is also honorable mention. What a predicament. Uh, <laughs> He's just doing impressions. Now. <laughs> you, should, yeah. you should have a podcast. That's just an impressions and has no content at all. No content. It's just straight up impressions. Yeah. I didn't think there was a lot of action in Deadpool, but I for, I had some reason I had like a, a no superhero comic book movies in here. I don't know. You guys kind of took that same pledge here also, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, we didn't talk about it, but yeah, I I was trying to go for uh, more realistic uh, action movies. Yeah. And, and we got to do a shout out because otherwise I'm going to have to apologize for it in a later <laughs> episode. We got to do a personal shout out to Jackie Chan. You oh, know, yeah. Rumble on the Block. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bron- movies, Bronx, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, because he really did. He was the first before anyone else. He was the first that showed that you could be an action star without having like a huge bodybuilder type physique. You and know, that, I mean, even for what it, what it is with Chris Tucker and him, that rush hour had a, the first movie mm-hmm. had a lot of action in it. Oh, yeah. It funny, too. So, but it had a lot, a lot of action. In and it. I, I like how he uses organic things uh, that it's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, because before this, think think of those uh, martial arts movies, you know, with Chuck Norris, you know, the, the octagon or whatever, you know, they're in kind of almost like an arena type setting fighting. Right. You know, he's fighting in an apartment and slams a guy in the head with the the freezer door or you know whatever, uh, making use of whatever tools and items are, are around him. Uh, Very much like thought, Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a fighter Chaplin was, man. <laughs> and also, I had one more honorable mention, which was a Predator, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film that kind of preceded uh, Die Hard and everything. And uh, I saw it at the Dollar Movie. <laughs> that was an experience. 
Remember, remember when you could go to, uh, I think it was on Wednesdays, it was half price dollar theater. So it was 50 cents. <laughs> I would yes. go all the time. I've seen like three movies in a row, like $1.50, well worth it. It, it was nine hours everybody later. Everybody was screaming at the screen, get to the chopper. Let's get to the chopper. <laughs> He's behind you. He's invisible. Watch out. He's tall. Uh, <laughs> so there you go yeah the, re- the reason they did those things my wife uh when i first met her she worked at a theater at the time the in- the way the industry worked was the theaters did not make money off of the ticket selling right. tickets yeah they purely made money off the concessions so yeah joseph we'll let you watch this movie that we've already rented and have to pay for We'll we'll let you watch it for fifty cents because you're going to buy a two dollar hot dog and a big you know Dr Pepper and this and that and everything and that's where we make our money anyway. And so, that uh, that's why I never felt guilty about sneaking into movies because I would do that all the time during winter break. I would always go and watch like three or four movies in the same day, and everyone's like, "Did you pay for a ticket?" I'm like, "No, but I was there for nine hours, so I." you know, spent $50 on the concessions. So I felt like it broke even my justification for (laughs) sneaking into movies. (laughs) Speaking of seeing multiple movies in one day, I saw Terminator uh, two judgment day that we talked about my wife and I, we went and saw uh, a William Hurt movie uh, called the doctor where a doctor has, has cancer. uh, And, we came out of the theater and it's, and it's a decent film. Okay. Uh, came out of the theater and there was this long line for, uh, T2, the, doc- the doctor. And we went, no, there <laughs> wasn't, I think there was like maybe eight people in there. Uh, <laughs> but we came out and, uh, it's like, you want to go see that? And we got back in line and we, we bought the ticket. We, we got back in line, went and saw Terminator two and to tell you how great a movie experience that was, we had already sat through an hour and a half of a doctor dying of cancer or whatever. And we were on the edge of our seats the whole time watching uh, this killer robot, you know, run around town. So. Isn't that kind of weird? You remember the movies. If you see two movies in one day, you remember, I remember I saw father, the bride Two and Nixon in one day. And then, nice. I, then I saw, we saw at humble six is high school kids. We saw, Flash Dance and Blue Thunder in the same day. I don't know, Joseph, you were part of that career. I think it was me and TJ, RIP, but we saw back to back, came out of the theater and said, What's there to do? Well, let's go watch another movie. <laughs> well, you that's, know, that's like that's I said, what happened with us. Yeah. yeah. That that's how I'd watch so many movies and all that. I would just tell my wife, I was like, Okay, I'm out. And I would leave in the morning and I wouldn't show back up until in in fact, uh, and this is like three so, weeks later, uh, a call, this is a callback to, <laughs> to, to uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings. I, I did sort of fall asleep a little bit uh, in Lord of the Rings. Oh. The reason why though, wait, wait, the reason why is because it was my third movie of the day and it started at 1030 at night. And so I was like one o'clock in the morning on this thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, I'm passing out I love the movie. I've watched it again. It was great, but I did fall asleep. So I was like, Jim, Uh-oh. I did fall asleep during Lord of the Rings. You can join us. Just put it on right now and take a little nap. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen them. So, yeah, I don't know I've what never, you're talking I, about. I've been, yeah, I've been <laughs> bluffing the whole time. 
All right, so let's get to the uh, the oh, real thing. the, the, the oh, choice. The oh, choices now. <laughs> I think oh. I think we have a little bit of a a little bit of oh you have to apologize. To That's right. Okay. Welcome, welcome back to to new new episode of We're Sorry We Suck. Uh, this one goes all the way that, back. That title, by the way. This one goes all the way back to uh, episode. 79 best catchphrases and best fried foods. That's a good episode. Uh, We're not even on the episode. I know. Well, I'm just apologizing for you guys. I do this, okay? Uh, so this one uh, comes from our friend uh, Brian Eanes. And Brian writes in saying that you guys messed up on both categories. He goes, Ooh. You talked about. Uh, fried foods and you left out fried green tomatoes. How can anyone from the South forget about fried green tomatoes, even in an honorable mention? But then he talks about best catchphrase and he goes, this one is the one where you guys really missed the boat because there wasn't even a shout out to the late great Judy Karn uh, from Martin Rowan's Laugh-In, Sock It To Me which was a huge, huge catchphrase. This guy like a hundred or something that, that, <laughs> that even had vice president Richard Nixon saying the catchphrase, uh, the catchphrase was actually created, uh, and used by Mark Twain whenever he referred to just to spay, uh, people to speak plainly and direct to one another, just sock it to me on there. So there you go. I Brian, we are sorry. I'm going to write it. As long as we included what you're talking about, Willis, we were good. Are, well, do you I'm have just an saying. address? Because I will write this guy back myself. <laughs> we had we had happy I'm, day. We, yeah, yeah. We I were, know, but you sock it to me. That's pretty. That's pretty important. I'm sorry. <laughs> pretty important there. I so. like Aretha Franklin saying "sock it to me," but in uh, that yeah. and 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 and. That was also part of it. True. It was suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. She said several times and you guys missed it. So All right. we're sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't, I know. They, they, <laughs> they suck. Not me. <laughs> All right. Let's move on now. Let's, let's pick the uh, action movies first. Then we'll move the explosion. Here. Born that, ultimatum that is, is in. Die so Hard is in. Unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> what what is that from? What? Where's Tom coming up with that craziness? Uh, who who knows? We're probably getting sued. So, so. Kill Bill is up there. Mad Max, Fury Road, <laughs> P2, Under Siege, First Blood, The Raid Redemption, Speed, Matrix, and Robocop are the other choices to be the other two for to join Born Ultimatum, Die Hard, and John Wick. Hmm. Almost you got to say speed though, because you guys, you know, the explosion is in there, and you guys talked about it a lot too. I, I think I don't know. Well, it's already on the list as best no, explosion. No, no, the action movies. I know, I can, but what I'm saying is, I can differentiate uh, between them. I, I want to see First Blood. I, I, that that was good. Yeah, that First was Blood good, was good. That's pretty good argument, wasn't it? Pretty good. Well, it was I don't, I don't least don't amount of lines from Stallone. You know, don't push it, Jim. You're going to lose. I'm going <laughs> to retract my. It wasn't my fault. We need one more. Need one more. He's almost unintelligible at the end there. Um, Robocop influential. Uh, not as not as much as the Matrix. I think and we go with Seagal. That's just me. No. I'm giving you a security deprive, council veto on that one. The future of Steven Seagal. I really am. I'm just he a simple looks. cook. 
Let, let, let me sl- let, let me slap that gun out of your hand. That's Steven Seagal. I'm going to slap it out of your hand. You know, I'm going to he was. I, he, I'm going to kick your kneecaps because I don't really kick. <laughs> Sorry. No. no. He, well, that's that's Steven Seagal. You know, later, but he's in good shape in this movie. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm okay. I'm more inclined to the T2 uh, Judgment Day. Eh, it's pretty good. I, I fell asleep in that movie. Actually, uh, I saw it later. But Are you it, yeah. Well, we we you know, <laughs> come on, I was <laughs> Here's the Do story, you have some though. Kind of narcolepsy. Here, no, here's yeah, here's the story. So. We just did the morning show. I've been up since four a.m. and we saw the early showing on the day it came out. So I I fall asleep, and the other two guys on the morning show. It's just a row a, a row of us sleeping in in uh. this movie. So because we were up super early, it was a Friday. Uh, but I did end up seeing it later. So, but uh, yeah. I think because of George's personal experience, the story it should go in. All right, judgment, that's judgment five. Day or RoboCop. Judgment Day. Okay, sorry. So we end up with Born <laughs> Ultimatum. That was last one last trick. <laughs> yeah, nice try. Oh, John RoboCop. Rick. Okay, cool. We're in. <laughs> Terminator Two, Judgment Day, and First Blood. That's a that's a good mix of. Of uh, films for for action, yeah, absolutely. So now, now I probably with your guys' recommendation, I probably will watch John Wick now. You really need to. It's good. Oh, have you not seen any of them? No, I haven't seen any of the John Wicks. Oh, you you'll get a good nap. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, right, get, fluff up that pillow. I, I like the t- the three explosions are good. We need a comedy explosion because we- I love Caddyshack. I will go with Caddyshack because it is pivotal. To the movie, <laughs> I, um, it's the finale. Yeah, okay. yeah. And do we want to go Death Star only because I I probably left. I it agree. Off. I probably left Most, it off because of the uh, science fiction thing. I I didn't do science. Well, I, I mean, a couple of science fiction. I guess RoboCop could be classified as science fiction. I guess it is science fiction. So <laughs> it's science fiction, but it did have an impact. Yeah. yeah okay. So we've got the bridge over River Kwai, which I can't believe is making this list. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, The Dark Knight Hospital Explosion. The Speed Bus Explosion. Caddyshack. And remember, the Force will be with you always. The Death Star Explosion. (laughs) Noise when they put that lever down and they're about to... About to blow up the thing, and the <laughs> yeah, and the guy with the kind of real pointed ca- baseball cap. I guess. That's uh, how heavy are those helmets? I don't and know. And what are those helmets protecting you from? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're like constructor helmets. If you think about it, it's like construction workers. They they're have to wear them around con- there, but they're not doing construction. Uh, just in case, just in save, case, <laughs> save the money that you spent on the helmets and buy those guys like a little rail. There's no rail next to that thing. How come, uh, you know, when, when the Alderaan or whatever blows up, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes, I feel a disturbance in the forest. How come when the Death Star blows up, Darth Vader doesn't feel anything? He's just spinning around. Because he's spinning around. <laughs> he's spin- no. Best parody on, <laughs> in that Hardware Wars. That, oh, uh, yeah. When he, when yeah. he grabs his head. Or, Are you feeling a tremendous thing in the forest? No, it's just a headache. <laughs> it's just yeah. a headache. Exactly. <laughs> No, not Planet Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie Monster eating at Princess uh, Leah's hair. <laughs> good stuff. All right, so we are done for yeah. today. If they show, so uh, all you got to do is go to crispycutterrobots.com, learn more about us, and go back and listen to the show. 
Yeah, go back. What what episode was that, Joseph? A catchphrase. 79. 79. Go back and listen, listen to that. And realize how wrong that apology was. Yeah. Brian, Brian, Joseph will be back on this show with an apology for his apology of that show. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. I'm just to. saying, sock it to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to sock it to you. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, George, you got, let's go ahead and shoot this thing up and get the shovels out. Final line, go ahead. And remember, there's always tomorrow. Or is there? Very nice. Nice! Get to the chopper! We are all done.